The reading from today comes from Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. Now let us attend to the wisdom of God. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember that I am with you always to the end of the age. This ends this reading of this holy word. May it be good news to us. The thing about that day that would have shocked you was the amount of clouds that were in the sky. There were very few. It was a beautiful day. When a leader addressed a small movement of people on a hillside overlooking the town, he spoke of the hopes and visions for a future after a great trauma. Now, I might forgive you for thinking that I was talking about the text. In fact, I am not. This is a story of Beto O'Rourke responding to the tragedies that happened in El Paso, Texas. As I watched Beto speak, it reminded me of this text because of the story he began his speech with. Beto started his speech with an encounter with Antonio, Beto, having come off the campaign for a period of time, went to the Walmart where the shootings had taken place, and he saw the crowd of people there. And a chaplain came up to him and asked him to meet one of the survivors of the victims. And so he went over to meet Antonio, who had lost his beloved Margie. And because Antonio didn't have any friends or family in the area, he was grieving alone. And then the chaplain asked Antonio to tell the story of Margie. And so... He told Beto the story of, the, of his beloved wife. Once he had finished with that, the chaplain asked to share that with the wider community. And with a voice that 
could barely be heard, as Beto said, he began to remember and to tell that story. Finally, after hearing the story, those who were around them began to hug Antonio. I want to pair these two stories, the story of the Great Commission and the story of Antonio together to see what we can gleam of the gospel, the good news, in midst of the horror and the tragedy that is our world. To show that at the core of the question is about remembering in the midst of tragedy. To think about this, I want to go to back to the last part of the commission. When you read the commission, there's a threefold commit three responsibilities. First to baptize, then to teach, but then to remember. Remembrance is important. Remembrance gives us bearings when nothing else does. Remembering that God is with us in the midst of our struggles, in the midst of the doubt, in the midst of the anger, in the midst of the fear, in the midst of all of it. How that remembers allow us to get one's berry when everything else in the world seems to be in question for debate. I came away realizing that the community of faith, the evangelizing community, must be a sanctuary for those who question their faith, helping them keep to remember and live and learn into hope. The ministry of the church can be seen within that threefold commission. And I would argue that it's at the core of this commission is remembering that Christ is with us, is always at that kind of marrow of our faith. Remembering is required of us to do in the midst of the doubt, in the midst of the suffering. It is what God demands of us. I sat and listened to Beto talk about his encounter with Antonio. It was that act of remembering that was core to the story that Antonio came to see, to remember Margie. He be 
the chaplain asked Antonio to tell Beto about his beloved Margie, his wife who was killed in the Walmart. It is the act of remembering one good that gives us the ability to find, if you will, that kind of true north of our good. We are told that Christ will be with us until the end of the age, that we are here to remember and we are here to help others remember. To tell of what we remember is to teach. To teach about those who have made an impact in our lives and those who represent that moral good. Here then comes that second part of the commission to teach about what Christ has done and to teach about what he commands. As I reflect upon that story of Beto and Antonio, it becomes clear that he begins to tell the story of Margie about her good. And in doing that, he teaches a little bit about the good. When we tell about the goodness of one another, if we tell the goodness of those saints that have come before us, that have lived in our lives, we not only tell their story, but we reflect a little bit about what God has done for us in the midst of the trials, in the midst of the doubt, in the midst of the depression. But it's just not telling the story to one person. It's telling it to a wider community. It's about sharing in that story. And that's what happened in that third part. Where Antonio begins to speak to the wider community. And in teaching and saying those stories, he gets empathy, he gets compassion, he gets the hug. For me, that's living into the hope that we have as Christians, that we do not suffer alone. That we do not bear this weight alone by ourselves, but we have a community that will come around us and be its best when we are at our worst. It is that ability to see the other suffering and respond in a way of empathy is at the core of what the proclamation of the gospel is, is at the core of ministry. You know, as I sit here and I think about this as I stand and say this, the words that are reminded of me are of 
the interview with um, Anderson Cooper and Stephen Colbert where Stephen was talking about the loss of his mother at a very early age and he said, you know, I grieve for her but I cherish that grief. And that didn't make much sense for, Steve, for Anderson and so he re so Stephen um, rephrased it and he said, look, at the core of all of our lives is suffering. He argues that's the core of what he would see as key to the Catholic and I would argue for the Protestant as well as many other traditions outside our Christian tradition within Buddhism and other traditions, to see that one suffers and to see that we all suffer becomes the universal understanding that bridge that can be if we let it to be, if we give it the opportunity through empathy to become something else. But too often what we do is we let our suffering define us as opposed to unite us. Either we think we are not good enough or that it's only us who feels this way. And the truth is that while each of us suffers differently for different reasons, we all suffer. And once you realize that, then the key is to allow people to hold their suffering in themselves while giving them space to share, giving them that sanctuary. It is that that becomes the foundation upon which we build the community of faith, I would argue, that it is in our shared suffering. In the early church, the tradition of baptism wasn't like what we would find today where you had a pot of water and you have the water dunked on you it was more of a tradition of letting go of all your earthly identity and being reborn into a new identity. And this tradition was foundationally about crossing a river where you would shed all your earthly garments and you would walk naked into the water and then the person who was baptizing you would dunk you in the water and sustain you in that water to represent your death. And then once you got out of the water, that would represent your rebirth. It was not the sanitized experience that we find of our day of white robes and little kids. 
It was a traumatic experience, and that was supposed to represent the change of the person from becoming old to being reborn anew. It is in the traumas of our lives that we are reborn anew, whether they are good traumas or bad traumas. The core of this is to see that to hope into something is to realize the potentiality of these uncertainties of our lives and to see that they are just transient. That which is true of us, that is which is good of us, remains in midst of the traumas and maybe even brought out of the traumas when we are able to live. And that goes to the foundation of what community can support looks like. It's about taking the worst and us at our worst and helping us cope with the trauma so that we might be at our best. And that can be sitting with someone. It can be hugging someone. It can be living into their life so that they can move on. At the end of the first part of the speech, Beto talks about a catharsis. Catharsis, this notion that together we can release those strong emotions that bind us to sin, the feelings of anger, the feelings of hate that will, if we do not let them go, come and rot our very soul at its core. Antonio being able to tell that story, to share that memory, to share that story with one another around him, I would argue for that brief moment to let go of the, some pain that I am alone and that I'm the only one who can help me. That the thing that holds back hope is when we don't share our suffering. Those hard stories, we begin to open up to what God would have for us and do and have us be. It is a challenge that underlies the task in front of us if we are to become the beloved community, if we are to become the Christians and become followers of Christ, to live into that hope that, there, that others might also live into it also. As we begin this year in this community, be in that community striving to live into the commission 
of baptism, teaching, and of remembrance. Remembering and helping others to remember the hard parts, to share the stories of how God has come to us, how God has revealed God's self in others and in ourselves when that happens, and helping others to struggle in the hardships in their life forever. May it be so for us. Amen, amen, amen.